What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. with Wings Productions presents Chapter 37 of The Skylark Bell Skydive. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In last week's episode, Farfalla creates a time loop to ensure she and Marius will meet in her youth, regardless of the heartbreak and chaos doing so will cause. In today's episode, we read Chapter 37, Here's the Plan, in which Magpie and Farfalla finally come face to face. Now it's time to settle in, grab a blanket and a warm drink. We're getting started. I've done this so many times now it has practically become routine. That's why I was so surprised when she walked in the door. We stood facing one another for a moment, like we were frozen in time. I don't think either one of us quite knew what to do. The story had played out the same way so many times, so many lifetimes. What now? Magpie and Farfalla stand face to face. Even the air seems to stop moving for a moment. Finally, Magpie speaks, breaking the eerie stillness. I know how to behead the Ouroboros, she says. Farfalla's brow arches and she looks at Magpie quizzically. At the very least, this should be entertaining. Continue, she says. Magpie glances into the other room and sees her older self in the rocking chair, eyes trained on the situation at hand despite being feeble and mere minutes from passing away. I know the exact moment your time loop opens and closes, she says meeting Farfalla eye to eye. Farfalla snickers. I don't have time for this nonsense, she says, waving a hand at Magpie nonchalantly, despite the fact that the girl's words substantially increased her heart rate. Aren't you tired of this? Aren't you tired of the heartbreak, the loss, the grief, the pain? Tired of the same story over and over? The predictable lifetimes one after the other? It's not natural. We're not supposed to know how it ends. We're not supposed to know everything that will happen along the way. 
Magpie is now shouting. From the corner of her eye, she sees an ever-so-small, proud smile creep up on the corner of her older self's mouth. Now it's Farfalla's turn to shout. Know what's not natural? The love of your life disappearing in a snowstorm. Or being centuries away from your child. Or, how about this, being locked in a tree for all eternity. You want to talk to me about things that are not natural? At this she lets out a bitter laugh that chills Magpie to her core. What if I could change all that? asks Magpie softly. Farfalla sinks into a dining chair, folds her arms on the table, then leans her head on it and closes her eyes. Then I would never see Marius again, she whispers, almost like she is talking to herself. A single tear falls down her cheek, hidden from Magpie's view by Farfalla's thick mass of red hair. Magpie takes advantage of the moment to scurry toward her older self in the next room. I'm going to fix this, she says softly. The old woman nods and mouths the words, thank you. Farfalla gives her hand a squeeze, causing a light electrical current to pass between them. Magpie walks back into the kitchen and sits down across the table from Farfalla. Farfalla sizes her up for a moment. Perhaps all these lifetimes she has misjudged Magpie. There is strength and courage emanating from the girl before her. Yet she is not hard. She is not bitter or angry. If anything, her expression is one of empathy. Farfalla is surprised to feel a sense of admiration rise in her. Elizabeth was my great-great-grandmother, says Magpie. She pulls a photograph from her pocket and slides it across the table. Tears immediately spring to Farfalla's eyes. She looks at the photograph, an old woman in a rocking chair, knitting. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who lived an entire lifetime without her. Farfalla looks back at the girl in front of her, studying her face. She's never taken the time to notice before, stopping only at the resemblance between them. But if she looks closely, she can see echoes of Elizabeth around her cheekbones and her upturned nose. Farfalla feels her strength and resolution fade, and finally she gives in and begins to weep. All these years... All these lifetimes, she says, clearly running through every painful moment in her mind, every love, every loss. I have made your life, our lives, so hard, so unbearable. I'm so sorry, I'm so very, very sorry. The words come out muffled between heaving sobs. All this time, lost, all those lifetimes, I was just so lonely and so hurt. I wanted someone else to hurt. It was wrong. I was wrong, she whispers. Magpie isn't sure whether Farfalla is addressing her or the photograph of Elizabeth. But at this point, it doesn't much matter. She knows she can capitalize on Farfalla's feeling of regret. Magpie reaches across the table and takes Farfalla's hand. I think I know how to fix it. All of it, she says. But I'm going to need your help. Whatever you need, 
Whatever I can do, says Farfalla, finally lifting her head up. She wipes aggressively at the tears on her cheeks, a newfound look of acceptance on her face. A moan from the next room grasps Magpie's attention. I have to go be with her right now. Once she's gone, we will sit down together and make our plan, okay? Farfalla nods, and Magpie walks into the small room with the sketches on the walls. She points at the sketch of the two of them coming face to face at the early bird diner and laughs. Remember that look of surprise on your face when you saw me? She asks the old woman. A weak smile stretches across the old magpie's lips, and she nods faintly. Magpie continues, pointing to a sketch of her and Lucas having a picnic at the library. Remember this day? You sent a bird to give me the feather key, she says. The old woman shakes her head and, with considerable effort, lifts her hand slightly to point at Farfalla. I'm afraid she's right. That was my doing, says Farfalla from the doorway. She steps hesitantly into the room and leans in to look at the sketch. Even at this young age, his love for you is evident, she says wistfully. Magpie places her hand on Farfalla's shoulder. I know you love him too, she says gently. Farfalla turns toward her and nods. I did love him, yet I hurt him most of all, she says, her voice filled with regret. But we're going to change all that, tonight, says Farfalla, giving them a hopeful look before stepping out of the room. The old woman motions for Magpie to lean closer and whispers, Plan. Dangerous. Magpie nods. I know, but I can't let Lucas end up at the convent in Brighthaven. I can't let you, us, spend all those decades alone in this tiny little house. I can't let Grandma Gemma die without ever knowing what happened to Lucas. I can't let things keep happening, not when I have knowledge of them and a chance to stop it, she says. If you fail, you will die. We will die, says the old woman, tears springing in her eyes. I won't fail, says Magpie with a confidence she isn't feeling. She has studied every memory, analyzed the time loops from every angle, and she truly feels like she has a chance. But her older self is right. There is a chance her plan could fail. And if it does, she will not survive. Magpie sits on the floor, holding her older self's hand. She can feel the electrical current between them weaken, and eventually, it is gone. She wraps the green shawl around the old woman's shoulders and runs a hand through her hair before stepping out of the room and closing the door. She walks to the dining room where Farfalla is sitting and regains her seat at the table. She takes a pen and paper and expertly draws a series of lines and points, then adds a few handwritten notes. Her task completed, she slides the page across the table to Farfalla, who looks down at it with great interest. Okay, here's the plan. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Chapter 38, Skydive in which Magpie and Farfalla's plan is set in motion. 
The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Phaeton Starling Publishing and features original music by Canal. Leaving a rating or a review on your preferred podcast platform is incredibly helpful in helping the podcast gain visibility so others can find and enjoy the story of the Skylark Bell. It's a quick, easy, and free way to support my work. If you'd like to support me further, you can also subscribe to Patreon, where you'll get early access to ad-free episodes and digital downloads of all the music. Be sure to also follow me on social media for updates. And I love to connect with listeners. Just check the show notes for all necessary links. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri, and this is the Skylark Bell Podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.